0: Well, in the small picture, Missouri lost the Armed Forces Bowl game. But big picture, they sure as heck might have found something at quarterback. Plus, a quick look at the bragging rights game coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball and today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to NetSuite.com slash NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. And man, yet another heartbreaker for the Tigers in the bowl season. I guess two in a row, right? I'm still thinking about, I'm still smarting from the Liberty Bowl of 2018. That was actually when I first started this Missouri podcast adventure, was right around that time. So I guess that's why I'm still smarting after all these years. But you know what? As much of a heartbreaker as that was, I think we should look at the positives first, and Number one, White, a lot of Missouri fans, including myself, have wanted a little bit more from the quarterback position the last month or so of the Missouri season. And guess what? We got it yesterday. I thought Brady Cook was really, really impressive. Now, number one, I think one thing we saw is that he may be even more mobile than we realized. Breaking off that early 30-yard touchdown run, he not only showed some straight-line speed there, he actually made a move and made somebody miss in the open field. A little fake pitch and cut and go there. Impressive stuff from Brady Cook, no doubt about it, but... Of course, I think that really helped the rest of the Missouri run game actually open up a little bit too. Of course, Missouri ran the ball quite well with Eli Young and Dawson Downing, among others. So, you know, to me, what else Brady Cook was really impressive with, I just thought his short passing accuracy, which to me is something Basilac has underrated – has been a little bit under the radar, something he's struggled with recently. Well, I thought Brady was really, really accurate. And honestly, other than maybe a couple decisions down the field, maybe threw into a bit of coverage that you could nitpick just a tiny bit. In fact, one of those I even looked back on and thought, no, that guy was pretty open. He beat the safety there. So you're really having to nitpick if you're going to be upset with Brady Cook and his first start, in my opinion. Now, obviously – The two-point conversion that Missouri needed to ultimately make that a three-point ball game. Unfortunately, that was not Brady's best pass. And also, perhaps Dawson Downing left his feet a little early, mistimed his jump too. Regardless, Brady took the blame after the game. You know, again, we can nitpick a little bit. I thought the kid was really, really good considering he needed to go 83 yards on that last drive to set up that go-ahead touchdown what more could you ask from a first-time starter? I, I just think if Brady Cook isn't, frankly, the the leader in the clubhouse to be the starter next season, I, I'd almost be surprised right now. I know that's just one performance, but I really thought it was that impressive. I, I really did. I don't know about you all. I'd be curious to hear what all the Mizzou fans think about Brady as well. And by the way, this is another reason why Tried to tap the brakes a little bit on anybody who is assuming that Sam Horn's going to be your Week One starter next season. Not only is he a true freshman, but well, we hadn't seen anything from Brady yet either. And obviously, Brady Cook is going to be one to watch on the Tiger roster. Now, speaking of that final drive for the Tigers, there is one game management thing that I that I questioned immediately in the moment, and ultimately it did. Cost Missouri possibly the ball game, I think, because with about a minute and 23 seconds left, I went back and watched this last sequence here just this morning. Well, Missouri could have ran an extra 30 seconds off the clock, but instead they threw an incomplete pass, again, from 123 to 116. So we could have taken the game clock under a minute if we wanted to. Again, this was after Missouri had it goal to go. I understood why Missouri was hurrying up, and guess what? When you're down five points, you don't really have the luxury of bleeding clock down, in my opinion. Again, this is just all from my experience. In my opinion, you're free to disagree. But once you're goal to go, then the calculus gets a little bit different. To me, when Missouri rushed up on first and goal and ran a quick play there that resulted in an incomplete pass, well, to me, the, the clock was actually, at that moment, the clock was, became Missouri's friend. I really, really believe that. And it, at least on that first and goal play, bleed 25, 30 seconds off the clock there. That was just my opinion at the time. And guess what? With 40 seconds left, Army got a pass interference play on DJ Jackson, moved the ball to the Missouri 37-yard line. Essentially, they were then in field goal range. Again, if Missouri would have taken 30 seconds off the clock there, Army, a team that obviously a triple option attack, two-minute offense, not exactly their thing, I think that was a real blown opportunity there by Drinkwitz. But again, I don't want to focus too much on the negative there because I thought the positives were very much obvious as well, especially when you consider the defense toward the end of the game, especially in the secondary, was playing walk-ons who were converted linebackers a young man named Steven Benson who I had not even heard of before 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 yesterday linebacker Devin Nicholson even got some snaps at corner i mean that's the kind of desperation mode Missouri was in so just the fact that they hung in there kept army relatively in check i thought for most of the game despite giving up a lot of fourth down plays well you know considering how limited Missouri was in terms of their depth. I thought the defense did an excellent job as well. So a lot of positives to take away despite a heartbreaking defeat. And well, in 2021, there's always a lot of commentary about fourth down decision making and certainly the Missouri Army football game provided plenty of that. So let's talk about Eli drinkwitz 's relatively conservative decision making on fourth downs and Army's rather aggressive decision-making on fourth down, at least until the game was on the line. But first, okay, this is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Oh no, is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. Well, to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your financials, your inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. And over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked. By the way, while I thought Brady Cook... Played an excellent ball game for Missouri yesterday. Ironically, it might have been his high school teammate, Ja'Cory Buchanan, the big running back, the dive man, if you will, for Army. Gosh, I thought you could argue he might have been the MVP of the game because that game really was won and lost on fourth down. Army converting five of five on their fourth down situations. And frankly, I was stunned that Army didn't go for it late on a fourth and two situation where I thought, well, they might just put the game away here, but Army decided to punt, and well, it ended up being a perfect punt. Army down the ball inside the two-yard line, but still, as, as a Missouri fan at the time, seeing how that game had played out and seeing how dominant Buchanan had been picking up those short yardage downs on those dive plays, I was going, actually, I think we have a better chance of going 98 yards than we do actually stopping this play and then going another 60 or so for a touchdown. That just seemed like, I don't know, I I was surprised after how aggressive Army had been in that game on fourth downs that they weren't aggressive there. But on, on the Missouri side, you know, I certainly some people wanted Eli Drinkwitz to go for it early in the game. I believe there was a fourth and three in the red zone where Missouri settles for a field goal. Obviously, Missouri settled for a field goal multiple times in the Army into the field. But, I, you know, those fourth and three type situations, to me, that's just right on the cusp of, Eh, do you want to go for it? Should we settle for a field goal? You know, we kind of would like to get points here. I really can't fault Missouri for going up 16-7, to number one, and getting that two-possession lead. Can't fault Missouri there whatsoever. But the other part of the equation is, I think maybe in the back of my mind, I was still imagining the old Missouri offense with Connor Basilak at quarterback, because really, I, I will admit, with Brady Cook's Ability to run the football, to keep the ball on the back end of a zone read type play, for instance, that does give you more options and should make you more aggressive on those fourth down plays. So am I riding the fence here? Yes, I am. I absolutely am. I will say, though, that fourth and one play, Dawson Downing may have looked like he, he missed the hole there to me. I don't want to be too critical of Dawson here, but on the other hand, I thought it was the right decision to go for it on fourth and one there. I didn't have any problem with that whatsoever. Missouri obviously called a timeout right beforehand. And, you know, obviously they could have used that timeout, right? And maybe that would have factored into maybe them bleeding a little bit more clock in that goal-to-go situation there at the end of the game on Missouri's last possession. So that timeout certainly could have come in handy. But I have to admit, at the time, I, I wasn't complaining. I was saying, you know what? This is actually a decent use of a timeout. If you didn't like your look on fourth and one, you didn't like the play you called, and you feel like you can do something better, you have a better alternative, you want to go over and just discuss a few things with your your line, your new quarterback, I thought that was all completely legitimate. So to me, using that one timeout, not a big deal there. Unfortunately, Missouri just didn't pick it up, didn't execute the play. Maybe you can say it was a bad play call, but regardless, I think it was a good decision and perhaps an obvious decision to go for it on fourth down in that particular situation. Obviously, Missouri was not only undermanned at the defensive back spot, but also quite unmanned at the tight end position as well. One of the reasons for that, Daniel Parker Jr. entering the transfer portal, well, he's found a landing spot with the Oklahoma Sooners. Kind of a surprising upgrade there for Daniel Parker Jr., at least in terms of programs. Let's be honest, Oklahoma's ahead of us, folks, as much as I hate to say it. I was surprised he found that good of a landing spot, but hey, good for him. Good luck to Daniel Parker. Seems like a good dude, and hey, we'll always have the Florida two-point conversion. But I will say I was a tiny bit disappointed that the true freshman Ryan Horst camp was never even targeted on the day. I would have liked to have seen more from him, but apparently he did a pretty good job along with the offensive line and, and clearing out some holes for Eli Young and Dawson Downing and the rest of the Missouri running game. So it's just kind of strange. You know, there isn't a lot of evidence so far. I was saying on the show the other day, I was hoping Missouri would maybe have another chance at St. Louis tight end Mac Markway, but i got to say, three years into Eli Drinkwitz being a head coach, including that one year at App State, and not a lot of evidence that he really prioritizes using the tight end position at in the passing game. So is that a personnel thing? Is that just a coincidence? Or is this a philosophical thing on Drinkwitz's part? I'm starting to think it's more philosophical, but we'll see going forward here at Missouri. No doubt about that. And unfortunately, but probably a little bit predictably, right? Missouri's win streak at the Bragg and Rights basketball game ends at three with a pretty convincing beatdown by the Illini yesterday. So let's talk a little bit about that basketball game. But first, I got to tell you that Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues. It's March through bowl season and the college football playoff. Of course, they've got you covered with the NFL as well. Maybe you're an NBA-type person. Maybe you like the UFC. Vegas casino games. Regardless, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season, including the fact that if you sign up today at their website or on your mobile device, you just need to use the promo code On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that's a 50% Welcome bonus on top of whatever your first deposit is when you use the promo code LOCKED ON at BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, I'll admit it, it's still stung quite a bit to see the Fighting Illini hosting, hoisting, I should say, the Bragging Rights Trophy high in the air because. My god, that is one underrated trophy. Am I right? That Bragging Rights trophy is pretty strong, especially in just in terms of a fun trophy to hoist up in front of the hoist up in the air triumphantly like it's the Stanley Cup or something like that. That's a really solid trophy. Now it doesn't have a fancy name like the Little Brown Jug or anything like that, but I got to say that thing's pretty good. It's better than the weird battle line trophy that they roll out every season for the Missouri-Arkansas football game. That's for sure. But while in the second half of the Utah game, it felt like Missouri had figured out a path toward at least improvement, right? I'm not going to say, oh, this is suddenly going to be a great basketball team because nobody could believe that with a straight face. But seriously, I did think that Missouri had the second half of that Utah game sort of decided, hey, enough with this three-point shooting stuff, right? Let's maybe try to pound the ball inside. Let's get the ball to the rim, especially Kobe Brown did that to the tune of 27 points in that ball game. But of course, the Utah seven-footer, really their main rim protector, was out because of the COVID protocols. And guess what? Enter Kofi Coburn, Probably the best center in the country right now, as far as I can tell. Man, he has really improved noticeably even from last season. He just looks more agile to me. Notice notice a couple times he just took two massive steps and dunked the ball from a long ways away on the move. Well, that guy's a big problem right now. And he was especially a big problem for Missouri because without Jeremiah Tillman on the roster anymore, well, there's just they just had no answer for him. He's too quick for Jordan Wilmore, and he's just frankly too big for everybody else on the roster to handle. And plus, defensively, well, Illini made the wise decision of packing the paint with that big man and, of course, the rest of their roster, daring Missouri to shoot from three-point land. And well, guess what? Missouri obliged, and really, they didn't have much of a choice, to be honest, They had open shots, and while that was clearly not the game plan that you would have ideally done, that was just a terrible, terrible matchup for Missouri. Illinois has to be a top 25 team, right? Surely they're just getting their stuff together. I I was really impressed with them. If you've got that kind of big man, and you can frankly shoot the lights out like they can from deep, they're a team to watch going forward. I'm surprised that they aren't ranked right now. We'll see what happens here as we move forward to March. And speaking of streaks ending, unfortunately, Javon Pickett goes out with a one of eight performance in his senior year, ending his incredible streak of great play against the Illini. But you know what, Javon? You're off the hook, buddy. You stole us a couple wins for sure. So honestly, though, there are not a ton of positives to take away from this basketball game. Other than Trevin Brazil, I think he was the biggest positive of all. I mean, obviously the six blocks in the box score, really stands out. He was the only guy who was really able to bother Kofi Coburn, and that was just with help side defense, let's be honest. Brazil, obviously not nearly big enough to handle Coburn one-on-one at this point. But again, just his ability, his length, his athleticism, that jumping ability, and he just has a smooth type of game and good body control. He just kind of has the look to me. He's also comfortable shooting the ball from deep, too, which obviously if you're a traditional hey, get your butt in the post kind of kind of take on, on all big men, you might not be a big fan of that. Well, I happen to like tall guys who can shoot. That's just me, and it seems like he's got a pretty good touch so far. Took four of them from deep, so obviously not afraid to shoot it from down there. Should he add some more things around the rim? Do we want to see more scoring from him around the paint? Yeah, sure, but again, this is a young man with very, very little experience, still getting his feet wet at the college level, and so far, I think, if there's been a big positive from this Missouri basketball season so far, it's got to be Trevin Brazil. He looks like a keeper, for sure. And by the way, just one more quick rant before we get out of here. I attempted to watch the Missouri-Illinois women's basketball game at noon yesterday, only to find out that I gave out bad information on the podcast yesterday. I said the game was on BTN, which, okay, I guess it kind of was, but it wasn't on regular BTN. It was on BTN Plus, which is apparently some type of extra streaming service that you need to pile on, because if you have regular BTN, as I do on YouTube TV, and I'm sure many of you do on all your other various platforms, whether it's cable, satellite, whatever it might be, but too bad. You actually have to pay extra for that. So I'm sorry. When you have that set up, when when the Fox Broadcasting Company, owns BTN, whatever that corporation is, if you're going to be leveraging women's basketball to try to get more subscribers to your streaming service... Well, I think the days of us calling women's basketball a quote non revenue sport are actually over. I think that's finished because guess what? When you have to pay more for BTN plus than you do for Disney plus, you're trying to get some revenue. I hate to say it. Now, you can say that women's basketball doesn't make a profit. That's true. Well,. Guess what? The entire Missouri basketball program, the entire Missouri athletic department, I should say, hasn't made a profit for a few years. So let's just stop saying that it's non-revenue, because clearly women's basketball is a revenue opportunity at this point. There's a reason why it airs on national television. There's a reason why the tournament airs on ESPN. We should just probably retire that phrase at this point. Call it something different, just don't call it non-revenue. Not when you're asking me to pay more for BTN Plus than Disney Plus. So with all that being said, thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. Got to be honest, going to be taking tomorrow off, perhaps some time off next week as well. It's Christmas Eve. It's time to celebrate with the fam. So you know what? While you're waiting for my next episode of Locked on Mizzou, make your next listen Locked on Bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. So until next time, Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. And I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.